0: Hi everyone, welcome to episode two of my podcast. Today we're talking with Ellie Probin about her career so far, how she became self-employed, talking about her whole journey from finishing school right up to now as she is currently a very successful online coach. Okay, so I'm just adding Ellie in now. Ellie is a girl I met through my coaching group chat as we're coached by the same coach. Um, I followed her on Instagram for absolutely ages. And I have shared her transformation picture with all of my friends who've ever asked me about my coach or about my journey because she's absolutely so inspiring. So I needed to get her on the podcast to talk to you all about her Life and her journey through her career and becoming self employed, and now working in the fitness industry.
1: Hi, (laughs) so, um, yeah, name's Ellie. Obviously, I'm currently um, a self employed online coach. I have only been self employed, well, I originally started self employed as a PA, um, but now have become a coach for just over a year. but I started work, God, what's it been now? Five, six years, I think. Started full-time, um, have done every job under the sun, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Um, but yeah, and then originally went self-employed as a PA and have then become self-employed as an online coach in the last year. Um, and yes, how I met Sophie.
0: Yeah. So we're now pretty much best friends. (laughs) I literally message Ellie every single day about everything that happens to me. And I feel like I've known her for absolutely years. Um, And it's a shame because I'm not busy at all right now. And Charlie's really busy and her phone is just full of messages from me all day, all the time. (laughs) But it's fine. So my first question for Ellie is starting right back at the beginning when she finished school Because it's sort of the age where jobs and careers start to become more important and people start to get panicky. They think they want to travel. They don't know what to do, where to go to uni, to go straight into work. And they feel quite pressured to make those sort of decisions. So did you have any idea what you wanted to do at the age of around 16, where you were headed or what sort of career path you wanted to take?
1: Um, Great question. I had absolutely no idea. So when I finished school, I went to... um... I went to an all-girls private school near to me, um, which I, I'm i not going to say I loved. I survived it. We're going to put it that way. Um, they have quite a structured sixth form that you can go into, but I decided to break the mould and go to a sixth form college, which um, took some battling with my parents. I definitely wanted more of the freedom at that point. Um, still had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Obviously, everyone at that point... Is looking to go to college or go to sixth form to then go to uni uh, which i decided not to do quite early on um, i think realistically by the time i went to college i was already quite convinced i didn't have any interest in going to uni at the time it was mainly due to the fact the answering your question i had absolutely no idea what i wanted to do um, i looked at like some business studies degrees but i just thought i'm doing it for the sake of the fact i should be doing a degree i'm not doing it for the sake of wanting to do one so um yeah no I definitely I already had an interest within the fitness industry I was training at college but I definitely had no
0: idea I think I'd be going into a coaching role I do think a lot of people at that age feel so pressured into going to uni I remember when I finished school I definitely wanted to get off the island where I live so I went to college to do equine and horsey stuff and i knew i definitely didn't want to work with horses already but i just didn't want to go to sixth form and spend more time in a school that i absolutely hated being at so i just like panic decision was like go to college and do horses every day because i love that and i didn't um so then i ended up going to uni which i'm glad i did now because i can see a career in nutrition which is what i'm studying but um it's just i think there's so much pressure in choosing the right route and knowing what you're going to do at such a young age which is it's just so stressful did you find it stressful to not follow the typical the route that everyone does yeah definitely
1: i think i was i was thinking back now so when i finished college in obviously second year there was i was only one of two girls of an entire college year that didn't go to uni um, and she has since, actually, I think it was last year or the year before, she decided she wanted to be a paramedic. So she has an wow. uni to be a paramedic. Yet. Last man standing. Um, so I, I was literally, I am literally the only person in my year that hasn't been to uni. I always said, obviously, if I um, wanted to study something or wanted to go into a specific career, I would do a degree or I would do a course later in life, um, which obviously I've done for um, fitness. But yeah, I definitely did feel pressure at that age, I think because I, I literally was the only person that didn't have the uni path, I think. I'm definitely glad even now that I didn't do it, because it definitely just wasn't right for me at the time. So I do think for people that are going through kind of the secondary school into college or into sixth form, and they're going through the whole uni application process or looking at careers, don't feel that you have to do what everyone else is doing or don't feel pressured to kind of follow the norm, it'll either suit you or it won't. I've had so many friends, well, like I have said, obviously, I've had so many friends that have gone to uni, but I've had as many of those friends drop out halfway through
0: uni because yeah. uh, they, they found out it wasn't for them. So I'm definitely grateful
1: that I didn't go full stop Then went and then realized if that makes It's sense. such
0: an expensive decision as well like it's, it's so a big, much money it's an
1: mistake yeah yeah
0: so if you get there and then it's halfway through a second year and you think oh like the first year you literally don't have to do that much to pass it and then it gets to second year and that's when people start to drop out and they're like oh but it's getting hard now i cba and it's already 10 grand 15 grand in and you're like why yeah. did you even bother so i think if you are unsure definitely a gap year would be really helpful to decide yeah like they're there
1: for a reason Mm -hmm. the gap year thing like go and if you if if you're kind of 50 50 between a specific job or between uni it will always be there I think that's
0: the thing and obviously the same the other way around I mean I'm not
1: saying avoid the uni experience because well especially if you've got something you want to do 100% that's what it's there for but don't just go
0: for that uni experience as well
1: yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's funny, I guess I don't know. I, I, I can not I can only speak from one side because I don't
0: know what mm. i missed out on. But Yeah, to be fair, I am there and I don't go out that much. And obviously, we've had lockdown for the whole year anyway. Yeah. And so many people that I know have said, if I knew that we were going to be in lockdown at uni, I wouldn't have gone to uni, which makes me think, like, why are you at uni? Because you can still learn, you can still do your assignments, you're still at the lectures, it's just not the same. But this, the oh, quality, yeah, like the quality of learning is up to you. At the end of the day, of uni, a lot of it is your own time, your own effort. You've got to put into it. The teachers only give you literally yeah. like a quarter of the work that you then have to put the rest of it up yourself. So people that are saying like, "Oh, COVID's ruined uni. I don't want to be here," I'm just like, "But like, what? What do we mean?" <laughs> yeah. But why
1: did you come to uni then? Yeah. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Like, what? What? Why did you bother studying if you just wanted to come and go out? And you can go out anywhere
1: yeah well you can't that's the yeah. point at the moment so when you're at uni or
0: when you're at home not going anywhere. yeah i mean unless you live on the isle of wight then you've just got one choice <laughs> so that's a fever yeah. just go to fever but um but still then it's sort of all right because everyone goes there so it's better than uh, nothing we'll yeah. just run through okay so okay so after choosing not to go to uni going to college what did you study at college again
1: good great question
0: um <laughs>
1: maths english language business studies and psychology god mm. dragged
0: that out of yeah you did of quite a bit there. i <laughs> forgot that you were doing a levels i literally just assumed it was going to be like b-tech like i did i completely forgot because obviously college for me is b not sixth um, form course. Yeah, yeah, i literally yeah. completely glitched then and forgot that you would have done actual subjects so did you finish that and do all those exams
1: yeah, so I did, the only one I dropped after first year was maths.
0: Um, yeah, and okay. then, because you did four for AS level and then three for A2, so A levels.
1: Um, so yeah, I did English, Business and Psychology for my second year. And
0: did you do all right at those exams? Or?
1: Do you know what, I can't remember. I think I got like ABC or something. And funnily enough, Business Studies was my A. Um, and I remember thinking that was such a pointless... <laughs> like subject to take honestly I've still got all of my business studies folders of work but if you'd asked me and I was asked so many times doing those business studies lessons and exams and whatever would you ever run a business it was always such an easy no I was just thinking yeah wow there's no chance like I'm so I mean I maybe shouldn't say this, I don't know, but like, I quite like just being told what to do and kind of just being able to like, someone says, okay, go and do that. So I'll go and crack on with that mm-hmm. and then it's done. I thought I'm never going to be able to manage my own time. I'm never going to be able to tell myself what to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, me talking to myself then would be a very interesting conversation.
0: I think it's something that I've always thought about. Like if I ever had to be like, create my own sort of income through my own like business, I was always like, but I'm not good enough at anything to do that. <laughs> that's my what I always thought I was like I, I wish I could design an app or have that sort of talent to make up my own idea but everything yeah, yeah. I could think of it's always been done and I'm like, like I just don't think I could do it so like, I find it so amazing that you've gone and, and just got it done and had a bit of life experience as well which brings me into after college what did you do first
1: I worked so I got my first job when I was 15 14 or 15 I think I started just after my 15th birthday and I worked in a local hair salon as a Saturday girl and I think it was like an eight-hour shift and I uh 20 pound a day and I got oh my God. so buzzing when I had my little 20 pound <laughs> note at the end of the day um I was so tough with that um yeah that was my first job which I think I did for about 18 months before my GCSEs and then all through college, I worked at House of Fraser. I worked in fragrance and in sunglasses. Um, and actually, when I finished college, my first proper full-time job, I worked... What did I do? I did dispatch admin um, at John Lewis in <laughs> one of their delivery depots. And when I say I've done everything, trust how, me, I've done... How does that even come
0: about? Do you, did you apply for that job? Or did you know someone? or?
1: So I did. I, I did actually go to college with a girl who she'd got in through an agency, so she'd applied with an agency, and basically, like, you give them your skills, and they give you suggestions, it's kind of like recruitment, but you go via the agency, rather than like a recruitment, Um, but yeah, so she she joined them, so I then went via the agency as well, went in for an interview, etc., um, cause I didn't really, I had literally had no idea what to do. That is so to weird um, to be
0: like, what is your skills? You are an admin, like, do you know what I mean? To get that job out of everything.
1: Well, I wasn't even 18. Like, I literally <laughs> was still 17. What are your skills? I was like, I literally have been to college and sold sunglasses. Like, I genuinely don't know what you want from me. But yeah, no, I somehow managed to get the job and I was there just like over a year I would say I was there and then I got made redundant
0: oh brilliant!
1: so that was fun so I was made redundant at 18 which was quite depressing um they all moved into like a head office so that's how that job ended
0: so were you really nervous then when you obviously got made redundant like what was next would you have to go back for the agency find another job or what did you think then um
1: See, I really should have prepared more before this, so I'm thinking, What job should what I did should I even do? No, good question, actually. So, no, I did. I actually ended up leaving. So, basically, obviously, when you're made redundant, your package is very dependent on kind of the years you've been there, what you've where your position is at in the business. Bear in mind, I've been there probably, I don't think I'd even been there a year, I think I'd been there like 10 months or something. Um, so literally. I don't
0: think I had a redundancy I think, package. It was just an ending. Yeah, I just got made redundant for my job that I've had for a year, and it was because of not, it's two years to get some sort of payout, I think. Mine's like half a week's wages, and I only worked 12 hours a week, so it was like <laughs> 30 quid that I'm getting for my redundancy package. So yeah, you don't, I don't think you get anything up if it's under two years, really. No, no. And I think,
1: um, but yes, yeah, so I think I ended up actually handing in my notice. Probably about two months after we were told we were going to be made redundant. It was, bear in mind, I was literally just turned 18. It was in my first, what I would call, a proper job. And, it, and the, at, the atmosphere was horrendous. Being I was about to ask
0: how, how you actually, if you enjoyed the job or not, because it's quite a weird well, job, this isn't it? Well, was the
1: hardest thing, because I was working in an office with women 50 plus who had mm-hmm. spent their entire lives in John Lewis. And them being made redundant was such an enormous deal for them. Obviously, they were losing, well, some of them had never done an interview. Some of them didn't have a CV. Like, Mm. it was literally everything. And it was just such a difficult atmosphere because it was, they were all saying to me, like, look, just get out. Like, you're so new into into the working world. This is not somewhere you need to be. And so, yeah, I basically ended up handing my notice. And it was, I literally cried for about a day. I was so stressed which is bizarre, as I've already done that twice before then, but I still was. Um, and, yeah, I think I was actually then unemployed for probably two months, mm. I would say, um, which was bearable only because I think I was so new out of college that I was still kind of in the mindset of having, like, a summer holiday, a Christmas holiday, yeah. that kind of thing. Um so for me to have two months off didn't feel as weird as it would now. Yeah. Obviously, for everyone on furlough, etc., they'll know what I mean. But um, yeah, and then I ended up. Where did I go from there? I then went to. I then went via a recruitment recruitment agency, and I then actually started work. I'm gonna say in a property company because I don't want to name names. Yeah, so I have okay. no idea who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I went and started working in lettings, and let's just put it that way. I made it about fifty-five days. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> in lettings, it was the worst experience of my life. Mm. Um, not
1: a good job at all that I uh, I found myself in. Not really through anyone's fault. Just um where I should have been at that job, I wasn't. Um, And that kind of brings me nicely into when the fitness situation began.
0: That was my next question, was where were you during this time with your fitness, if you were still training, if you just neglected it whilst you were hopping between different jobs and, and things like that?
1: Um. So yeah, as I said, obviously it kind of was about that time, but. Uh. So I think no. I've been. i definitely been training through college. I had my first gym membership when I joined college, and I went every single day, and I absolutely loved it. It was my saviour. Um. I was started on it with my nutrition, I was planning my meals, and I remember when everyone was like, why do you eat two lunches? And it was like, <laughs> I was thinking, am I just fat, or am I getting this right? Like, what is, <laughs> what is wrong here? But I was, I was reading everyone's Instagram, I was all over the place trying
0: to learn it is, what I was meant to be doing. It is weird when it goes from breakfast, lunch, dinner, to meal one, meal two, meal three. Yeah, Not, exactly. It is crazy. Um, I, I used to
1: eat at like half ten, and, and then like two, and I look now at all those memes on Facebook and it's like, are you just that fat person that eats their lunch at 9am and then has to buy a second lunch? I'm yeah. like, I actually am that person, but I probably is planned. It's planned. There is, yeah, there is method behind this. Uh, but yeah, so I trained all through college. Then when I went to John Lewis, I actually had just got into a relationship with a friend at the time um, who was a personal trainer. So that was my kind of first proper dip my toe in the fitness industry. I learned so much from him. We were probably together just under a year. And in that year, I definitely leveled up. We would train every day, not every day, obviously rest days, but, and he was kind of the main stepping stone into me understanding nutrition, kind of going into the supplement side of things, into sleep, into everything. But he was a face-to-face PT. He didn't do anything online. Um, so I je- definitely never, I, I remember him, he used to get up at like half three to go and train before opening the gym at half five. Oh God. And I remember just thinking, he was like, why on earth are you <laughs> doing, Like, you're a nutter. Um, but yeah, no, so I was definitely training all throughout there. Then obviously when I quit that job, I was still training mainly through him really, when you're with someone that trains, you kind of tend to just follow their habit. Then, with my 55 days of hell, it yeah. property, <laughs> I, I, genuinely. I, if I remember correctly, I gained just under two stone because mm. I didn't train. I was at work by 7 a.m. I wasn't leaving until like half nine when my mum was ringing me, shouting at me to come home.
0: Half nine? Um, wow, such a long day.
1: And I was eating. You know those packs of five Sainsbury's cookies? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did about one of them every two days. Um. So I gained about two stone in milk chocolate and salted so caramel cookies.
0: And probably a lot of it as well was just, like, you were not enjoying it and you just wanted, like, comfort food to make you feel... Email notification again, <laughs> but um, you want comfort food to make you feel better, or like to have something to look forward to? Because I know I used to do that if I was upset. I'd like, and when I'm upset now, obviously, you know, I'm on prep, I can't eat things, when I'm upset now or I'm revising. I'm like, I just want to eat like a box of Maltesers just to make my yeah. myself feel a little bit better about the fact that I'm doing something I don't want to do, like revise. But but yeah, so maybe that's part.
1: A hundred percent. It was that's when I first I think kind of engaged. Emotional eating mm. as such, because I was just so unhappy. Um, I had absolutely no time for me, not any time at all. I was still with my partner at the time who lived in Portsmouth. So the days I did get off, I would then be driving to Portsmouth to be with him for the weekend to then drive home again. So as much as maybe I trained once a week with him at the weekends, that was it. Um, we actually didn't survive that Period of me being in that job.
0: Fifty five days. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Obviously, we have been together prior to that. That wasn't the length of the relationship. <laughs> yeah, we just, our relationship ended in that time, which was when I look back at it now, is very interesting. I kind of let everything fall apart. um So yeah, I guess on the on the topic of business, is be selfish with like your time because you are only a number to a business.
0: So, um, once you'd split up with your boyfriend, did that make things worse? Was that like near the end of your fifty five days of hell or was it in the middle? <laughs> how did that <laughs> How <That's what> <laughs> the 55 fifty five days of hell? how did that affect you? and then again, with emotional eating, anything like that, did that make anything worse?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent actually, thinking back now, I was so I think determined. As I think a lot of us are. I was like, right, revenge bod, (laughs) all this. But I think when that ended, it crumbled everything. And I then realized, okay, actually, I could probably put a good 70% of this ending down to the job. Um, I've gained two stone and stopped training, which I'd never done before in my life, which I, again, could put down to the job. I wasn't seeing anyone, I had no social life so yeah, first thing for me and it's the first time and only time I have ever actually walked out of a job yeah. um, I didn't give my notice, I literally just said I'm done and that was it, last day Um, which I never thought I'd do but it is the best thing I've ever done, was walking straight out of there um, but yeah, so no, in terms of where I went from there, it definitely took me a while, I would say it took me I think I had three months off work after that. Uh, it took me a good month and a half probably to kind of get my head on straight again, get back to being single, get adjusted to being single again and again being unemployed. Yeah. So we're in what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven months technically all together in that time that um, I had no real routine. So all I did, I then obviously did get back into the gym. I did regain. I think by the time I started my new job, three months later I actually that was when I'd hired my first coach yeah
0: this is what I was gonna say I was like "Run, no Rosie's in here somewhere because obviously we have the same coach <laughs> and I knew yeah. that was when you sort of flip the switch and when I'm getting a coach signing up with Rosie changing everything around and if you are listening to this go on to Ellie's Instagram right now and if you look at her transformation pictures you'll be absolutely blown away by the progress that she made in the time that she spent with Rosie because it's absolutely inspirational it's okay it's okay I know you won't say it about yourself so I'm here to to promote you and how good you are
1: that's very kind very (laughs) kind um well as much as um I'm very grateful for the compliment we are about three years out timeline wise oh
0: god are we that much out
1: so we're talking about a a different breakup and be a different
0: coach oh no (laughs) i thought you just had rosie okay we're, we're, we're rewinding rewind, rewind indeed. no i have had
1: god five coaches
0: oh my god i i literally thought is it different breakup as well yeah oh my god okay the continue we're talking
1: 2017
0: oh wow see i thought I it's so weird because obviously i'm twenty, 20 and yeah. i act like you're 20. So for me, you would be 20 now because you'd finished college and gone in for these years of work and yeah. I'd be like there too, had that breakup and then with Rosie to catch up to now is where you'd be now. So I get that. I'm with you. Right. You're Rewind. Me, I'm, too, uh, I'm too advanced for this, <laughs> for this part of the story. So we shall start again. okay so first coach now we're on the right track first big breakup life-changing event <laughs> continue um yeah so i did hire
1: my first coach at that point his name was chris spearman um some people might know him some people might not he was someone i'd followed for a long time at the time i yeah basically signed up with him uh, first time i've ever had a diet plan a training plan And it literally was a message on Facebook Messenger. And I used to check in once a week on Facebook Messenger. There was no app. There was no fancy PDFs, nothing. There was no calls, nothing. It was just literally Facebook Messenger. Um, And I was probably with him for, I think, up till a good three months into my new job um so yes I did eventually get another job which I was at for just under 18 months and actually didn't hate so which, that was which job is debt. this so this was when I then managed engineers for a healthcare company
0: you actually I'm... have you have actually done everything like <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say that you're a bin man at some point as well yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I've done it all I've done
0: it all. <laughs> Um
1: no, that, that is where that is where the fitness journey began be,
0: bega- okay.
1: began from Congrats. even. Um yeah, so no, I was there for probably just under eighteen months and um yeah, I then moved from there. I no, it was while I was at that job, I then started my um fitness course because that was when I decided actually this is something I want to do. So I had One coach that Chris at the beginning, I had a couple for very short periods of time in the middle. And then towards the end of that was when I started with my coach, Dan, who um, was my lifesaver. He got me into the fitness industry. He showed me what coaching was meant to be. He was with me. We worked together for about just over two years. We worked together. and he, he's a full lifestyle coach, so obviously it came to kind of a natural end when I decided to go into coaching myself, go into competing, etc. Um, Yeah, so absolutely love him, and he definitely showed me the value in coaching, and he was the person I was like, I want to do what he does. I want to set out my business. I want to help other people like he's helped me. Um, so yeah, he kind of led me into starting my course, and then it kind of snowballed from there into me being approached by two personal trainers about becoming their PA.
0: Um, And here we are. Okay, so I'm assuming by that you mean when you started being self-employed. So to me, self-employed is a quite scary word just because there's a lot of responsibility attached with that, paying your own taxes, sorting things out. And if it all goes wrong, like you've started something from scratch or not completely from scratch, but you've started on your own it's quite a lot of responsibility. So was that a scary thing for you to do or did you feel quite comfortable doing it?
1: I guess I was quite lucky really because of how I entered self-employment. Because of, it just was the easiest way of me getting paid from the job I was in. Because of the people I was working for, I was working for both of them as individual sole traders rather than I wasn't working for them as a business. So they technically couldn't hire me. So I had no choice other than other than to be self-employed and to invoice them. So it did definitely help me, obviously, in that sense that I could just start or kind of name my business as such. Um, I was very lucky I got some assistance from their accountant. So that massively helped me because I definitely yeah. um, wouldn't have known where to start without him. Um, but he did all kind of the HMRC setting me up and all the codes and everything. So yeah I definitely would say if you are thinking of becoming self-employed, it isn't just you can't just say it without actually going through the motions. So I definitely would find someone who can help you
0: and has done with. it. yeah, I suppose. having people who have done it before would help um, exactly, yeah to do that. And then that's as you've been a self-employed now for a year.
1: No, so I've been self-employed since December 19? I've been self-employed for over two and a half years now, but obviously I was self-employed as a PA, which I still am. Um, I've then just grown an online coaching business since February last year, so just over a year now.
0: So how did the coaching business come about?
1: Um. Good question. Well, I'd kind of always, I basically realized that um, I'd done a couple of sessions and realized that PT just wasn't really my thing. I have always been called an emotional sponge. I basically just (laughs) absorb emotions from people around me and people in the room. And so I was very fortunate. The guys I work for are extremely successful and they were running 10, 12, 14 hour days of back-to-back PT. And Obviously, that's not normal. They are very, very successful. But I was looking at that thinking, I struggle to see two people in the same day.
0: Yeah. Forget
1: training them.
0: And your own and you life. Don't... Yeah.
1: Exactly. You don't realise how much I think you talk to people. like you, you know if you have a FaceTime with a friend and they've had a really bad day and they tell you everything and you get off that FaceTime and you're kind of like, I actually need a minute like yeah. to bring myself back up and then kind of get on with the rest of my day? And I guess it always just gave me fear. I was like, I couldn't deal with having three of those back to back. So that was when I then was like, I had a couple of friends who lived far from me that um, wanted assistance with training and nutrition. So I kind of ended up writing them up plans. My ex's sister as well, she wanted one. So I wrote them up plans and I was kind of like, okay, what's the most effective way of doing this? I did them on little PDFs first, like Here's your training, plan. Here's your yeah. training plan, and sent them off um, and then I ended up kind of doing weekly check-ins and honestly it literally built by itself in the sense of I think actually that would look better like that or that would look better like that or that question needs added or how can I help you more or I think actually that would work better and then the guys I worked for they ventured into online as well and I kind of snowballed with them in terms of the app creation and moving into working via the app. So yeah, it just kind of kind of developed itself.
0: But do you think your past experiences with other online coaches and things helped build like a better experience for clients that you have? I'd like
1: to think so. I guess um, I definitely have taken positives and negatives from every coach I've had in the sense of I know what was really important to me as a client so I know what to, it's like with Rosie for example you'd probably agree the 100% for me personally the standout thing about Rosie is her response time she is just, I remember when I first started because I've gone from coaches that would get back to me between 24 to 48 hours once a week Mm. um, and that was it that was all you'd hear from them I've had coaches that would probably get back to you within the same day. And then there's Rosie. And I remember when I signed like up. five minutes. She'd always, she'd, yeah, she'd honestly replied to me before I'd even really registered and sent the message. And I remember just being like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. So I've definitely, um, yeah, definitely that's been something I've thought, right, that kind of was what was led me on to getting a work phone and being able to kind of
0: separate place it. everything better, separate exactly. Um, so I
1: can try and be more efficient and get back to everyone quicker um, and prioritize that level of my service, um, but yeah, no, 100%. I think it's the same in any industry. You meet people in the industry and you think, Oh, yeah, I like the way you do that, or actually, I don't like the way you do that. And it definitely does, it has helped to build me as a coach um, to be able to have experienced so many. Or at least I'd like
0: to say it has. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've only had... Rosie's been my first ever online coach and obviously I don't ever... I would never need to change that now because I've had such a good experience with her. But I remember yeah. I was paying for a sessions with a PT once a week before, which I didn't really need, but I sort of thought I did. And then I sort of fell into the trap of just having them every week. And it was literally just one in-person session a week. There was no, like, really structured the rest of my week. I just got on with my own training pl- sessions that I'd arranged myself. There was no food plan there was no help with anything else. It was just one hour a week. And I was paying a ridiculous amount of money for an hour, literally not even six minutes. It was like 45 minutes of actual training a week, which I could have easily done myself. Yeah. So I, I value the fact that Rosie gives us so much time. And so I was so surprised to have training plan, nutrition plan, check-ins twice a week, because I was like, I'm paying less, I think, than I was actually paying this one, once, one session, one hour of my life a week. Yeah. for so much more quality and quantity of stuff as well Oh, uh, that was my other question i just thought of when you had your two phones is do you think that now because you've got so many clients now that you have a good work-life balance or do you do you have a way to manage that or do you still get like swamped with loads of work and find it hard with the lines blurring and things like that Wait, wait, wait. um good question
1: so if let's go for full disclosure i definitely still have not mastered the work-life balance i am a lot a lot further ahead than i was i would say middle of last year i was working till nine ten o'clock saturday nights i was coming home from the pub (laughs) <laughs> remembering what I hadn't done that just shows how long ago this was <laughs> Hub. Oh. Hub, yeah. And, yeah I remember coming home and I wouldn't drink when I'd go out because I'd be thinking I can't drink because I've still got work I need to do when I get home yeah and my my poor partner at the time he would come home and we just want to sit in front of a film and have some food and I couldn't I would always be sat up on my laptop getting everything done and yeah I, I did he was also a coach and being able to compare I guess our life balances he is very successful so having looking at him and the amount of time it seemed he had aside from his business yet he was still doing so well I just thought what am I doing wrong Mm. why can't why can't that be me And it's definitely, it's taken a good year of me streamlining methods. So having clients all checking in on similar days or having set check-in days. So half my clients check in on a Friday, half on a Thursday, that kind of thing. Um, Having, like you said, the work phone for the response times, having more structure in terms of how clients train um, or how they get their programs, etc. That has definitely been such a game changer for me in terms of hours spent working But yeah, I think at the end of the day, if you're running your own business, you do need to accept it isn't a nine to five and it's never going to be a nine to five. Um, But then if you're happy to get up at six and do some work and you're happy to do some work and run the TV at eight o'clock at night, then that's why we get the luxury of being able to get our nails done at 10 o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah, well, exactly. And I think there's another thing about obviously being self-employed there's so much stigma about just having a nine-to-five and obviously if you want to have a nine-to-five and you like having a nine-to-five there's literally nothing wrong with having a nine-to-five 100%. but i do think recently since personal training and fitness and things like that has become so popular recently like every man i know and his dog think like they're gonna do a pd qualification and and blow up straight away and and things like that but i definitely think um that that isn't the only way forward as well and online coaching is definitely um i think more of a way forward to be than a pt i think being a pt is quite hard to grow from just being a one-to-one pt a
1: hundred percent it's definitely um your reach obviously for one is a lot smaller in terms of you tend as a as an in-person personal trainer you tend to be stuck to the gym you're in um if you are in a gym a lot of people um set up studios or train from their garages etc etc so yeah you are definitely limited i've i'm fortunate enough to have clients based in america and australia and i would never in a million years if i'd become a pt i would never have been able to train them from here um but yeah no like coming back to what you said obviously with the nine to five there are always as much like i love my job it is honestly the best job in the world and i wouldn't change it for the world but the grass is always greener that's the thing yeah you sit there and you think on a when you're on a saturday night and you're working and you see everyone else going out on saturdays i i went through a period of probably about three months where i honestly hated weekends i dreaded Mm. them because i just weekends to me were when everyone else gets to go out and i don't yeah um but that was but then the pros and cons this is where they balance out because as much as i hated that because I'm self-employed, it's in my hands to change that. Yeah. It's not my boss isn't making me work weekends. I don't have a team that are making me work weekends. I don't have a job that specifically has to be done on weekends. Mm-hmm. It was how I'd allowed my kind of business plan to fall. So it definitely, when you look at it, like it weighs up. Obviously, in your nine to five, you have less flexibility, but you have stability.
0: Yeah, and like able to plan around a set time, which is obviously important exactly. for us planning freaks that we are yeah i'm like i think i'm the complete opposite like i dream of the day where i can have a nine to five go into work come home cook dinner with my dogs and my kids and like that stability because i'm the sucker for a routine like i need a set hour of the day for each part of my life and i think i can't wait for that set routine but obviously with being a good self-employed person so you can actually plan in advance and book people in and and then i think a lot of that as well is making sure that you are prioritizing and not saying yes to everything that people ask you because otherwise you'll be absolutely swamped if you have you found that before
1: yeah definitely i've i've the whole way through life i've been a yes person i will do as much of mm-hmm. as many things for as many people as i can and it it will as much is a good thing and obviously it's such a good quality I'm not saying anyone shouldn't but it will take over you overstretch
0: yourself yeah
1: yeah there does have to be a line because you'll find you won't see it coming but you'll find yourself compromising in other places so Mm -hmm. you agree to too many things on one day you might not have time to go to the gym or you agree to so many things in one day that you actually have to get up at four thirty or five to go to the gym. So then you're compromising on sleep or time with your partner or mm-hmm. time with your family, your kids, etc. So it's um it's definitely been the most life changing experience of obviously I'm still so young, not quite as yeah. young as you, but I am still young and I'm standing by that. Um so yes, yeah, for such I guess an early start into life. I've definitely learned more about myself in the last two years than I could have ever imagined in terms of the skills I have and I guess what I've had to do really.
0: So in terms of future development with your business and company and things, where do you see yourself progressing with your business?
1: Um, I love that question. I think, it, that is again you can tell I'm for self-employment that is so exciting because everything is in your control in terms of um well I've been very fortunate obviously recently to have a business that is based online a lot of people who are self-employed have not been so fortunate um that they have had to stop the same as people that are employed but I'm very yeah fortunate in the sense of my job I can look forward and think of income I can think of client numbers I can think of growing but for me I've said this from day one and I can't see it changing my goal is just to coach to the best of my ability as many girls as I possibly can at the highest standard and it sounds so cringe but just change as many lives as I can that is what gets me up in the morning that is what makes every single hour of work worth it because when you get that message that you've made someone's day or they feel more confident or they're more happy Mm -hmm. um that's why that's why I do the job I do so yeah in terms of future just be the best coach I can be really um I haven't got a set number on that at the moment and I have no idea if um it will expand or if anything else will join it but for now yes the goal is just to coach as many girls to the best ability as I can
0: and no more job hopping for you anymore no
1: more job hopping (laughs) yes I am staying I am happy put
0: my feet down Huh? Put your feet down.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm planted into my current world and I could not be happier. I'm very supported. I'm very lucky by everyone I've got around me. Um so yeah, I am a very, very happy, happy self employed gal.
0: Cool. Well, I mean I think we'll leave it there because we've had quite a long podcast. So thank you very much for coming on. I've been really interested in this, so I hope everyone else finds it interesting. And if you had any worries or concerns or you're thinking about being self-employed i'm sure if you find ellie on instagram she'd be more than happy to talk to you about it and i can 100% vouch for the fact that she sounds so lovely on the podcast but really she's a bit. no i'm honest she's honestly she's she's honestly amazing Ever, ever since i met her, she's been so lovely so supportive to just me and i'm not even paying her i'm not a client or anything like that so I know she still gives that 100% of herself to every single client that she has and the results she gets really do speak for themselves. So make sure to check out her page as well.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Okay, thank you for being my first official guest on my podcast. <laughs> I know, how exciting. Cool, right. So next week is gonna be just me talking about self-confidence and... Um, again. So I've already recorded that one. So I'm quite excited for that one to come up. So I'll see you next Sunday. Bye everyone.